So welcome to our first edition of uh, Glue Talk and I'm um, really pleased to introduce you to Phil Parry um, and uh, really appreciate you giving up your time, Phil. So do you want to just give an introduction in your, your background? Yeah, sure. Thank you, uh, Richard. I think it's been um, a three-year tenure so far from my CIO uh, position at MacArthur Glen, which mm -hmm. is where I am at the moment. Um, I've been working in IT uh, for over 20 years uh, in various roles, uh, predominantly in the delivery space. But that's, I guess, given me a breadth across a number of different sectors, including automotive, retail, uh, property management, which is obviously the sector I'm in now. Um, uh, yeah, it's been a, a fascinating and varied journey, but uh, yeah, I, I guess IT is in my blood. Yeah, and of course now, <clears throat> now you being at MacArthur Glen, right, and, and coming from, from your background, you've got obviously some significant challenges as well uh, with, with COVID, but also, uh, you know, new challenges for you, right? So, um, you know, uh, what, what you mentioned there about MacArthur Glen being in the property business, what, what did MacArthur Glen actually do? Um, Good uh, question. World's best kept secret. Yeah. Uh, so MacArthur Glen... Uh, run and operate uh, 25, shortly to be 26, designer outlets across Europe, uh, with an exception. We've got one in Vancouver in Canada. Um, but yeah, we've got seven in the UK and the rest are distributed across uh, France, Austria, Germany, Italy. Um, they've been operating for just over 20 years. Um, and the founder, a guy called Jerry Kampfer, came over from the States uh, and really set up uh, the, the model for... Uh, designer outlet mm -hmm. okay uh yeah and i mean that must prove challenging as well for you then if it, the designer outlet around it and the security challenges as a cio um across the piece and your your team that you've you've built as well certainly yeah i mean i i arrived uh, at to uh, an arena that i thought was reasonably well established but I think it's fair to say there's been a huge amount of work done in uh, the time that I've been at MacArthur Glen yeah. uh, in the creation or recreation of many of the functional areas that you would traditionally associate with IT uh, security you mentioned um, also architecture you know <coughs> delivery management and the governance that goes around that uh, looking at the risk management aspects of technology and then driving that real in-depth uh, knowledge of the, the technical and being able to translate that to business stakeholders who are relatively untechnical and really thinking about well how do we drive the needle you know we're, we're not an out and out retailer so we're not we, you know we don't have a huge e-commerce site uh, but at the same time we deal with over a thousand brands across the 25 centers three and a half thousand retail units it's yeah. a very big operation turning over just under 5 billion euros a year. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I mean, you know, that uh, we're, we're going to come back to all the changes that you, you've made that I, I know, I, I know we and you have spoken and the, the changes that you you've made over those three years has been uh, massive. And, and, and I think giving the audience some, uh, you know, the, the experience from you as to how the partners um, and suppliers that you, you know, which is vast across your, your business, how that's um, how how that's uh, worked with you to actually go and deliver that change, but but before we before we just step onto that, you know, how, how's in, how's COVID impacted you um, as a as a business and you as a team as well, and has it changed your priorities as well? Oh, undoubtedly, 
undoubtedly. Yeah, the, the, the reality is COVID arrived, uh, and I, I suspect it's the same for many organisations, um, very rapidly. You know, we, we went from hearing over last Christmas, uh, just over a year ago, that this thing was happening in, in China, um, and within three months, the world had changed and turned on its head. Uh, we, and I remember specifically around a three-week period of normal trading, uh, we'd had a very, very strong 2019. And historically, MacArthur Glen has grown over 5% year on year for many of those years. Um, and it literally went from all of our centers open and trading to within three weeks, uh, everything was shut. And we went from... Uh, predominantly working in a head office environment uh, as far as the uh, corporate functions were concerned into a very much a working from home lockdown situation within a month. Um, uh, whilst amongst the, all of that, I managed to personally, I suspect, contract COVID as well. So uh, it was it was interesting times. Um, you know, we, the, the, the initial impact of that meant that our centres were closed for uh, just under three months uh, and naturally that meant a significant adjustment in terms of the budgets yeah um uh, having said that when we reopened uh, and that kind of started in a phased approach from the east of europe uh, and kind of uh, worked its way west we have experienced uh, significant demand far greater than we'd originally anticipated given the context of of COVID um, and definitely significantly stronger than traditional high street retail. Mm. Uh, so we, we, that, that was a pleasant surprise, quite frankly, given the context of, of rent relief programs, you know, l many, many brands in distress. Some of those brands um, going through uh, CVA or, or worse, um, which, uh, meant a lot of work around managing for many businesses cash flow investment and really thinking about what the critical aspects were but then also thinking about well what do we need to change you know how how do we facilitate a remote working environment uh, what does that mean for our colleagues right across our centers and head office uh, what does that mean from a remote selling perspective and and what social channels um, can, can, could we leverage and, and we continue to examine those types of models um, and then when our centres were reopened it was then more about uh, really managing the shopper density because we, we were very conscious we didn't want too many people in our centres uh, that's, a, that's a nice problem to have in some ways but it's also a slightly scary one when you're dealing with the likes of a, a pandemic um, so working very closely with local authorities with health organizations you know we we secured um a, a major significant investment in things like ppe uh, alcohol gels um, temperature sensing equipment etc that were deployed at many of our centers across europe to make those centers uh, feel as safe and as inviting and as secure um, as our shoppers and you, know, you and i would want yep. them to be um, and i think that that definitely proved dividends. Uh, you know, we, we managed to get an accreditation for a standard across the whole of Europe in terms of COVID um, and the, the steps we'd taken to ensure that public were being dealt with safely. Um, naturally, in terms of the work that we were 
examining. We were in the midst of um, an ARP rollout uh, for many of those projects. A, a lot of that was put on hold for a period of time. And the reason for that, quite frankly, is no one really uh, could see the light at the end of the tunnel. We didn't know if this was months, quarters, or years at the time when it initially occurred. Um, we all had some view, but that remained to be proven. And I think even given recent events, as we'd entered the winter of 2021, um, we've seen a different uh, resurgence that we've had to deal with as well. Um, and whilst we had a very healthy Q3 and Q4, uh, in it, some instances stronger than uh, we were expecting, stronger than 2019, which for, for some uh, centres stunned us uh, very pleasantly. Um, we've definitely found that we've had to look at things very much around, you know, what is the ROI? What is, nothing's optional. It's a, we, we're doing this because we really, really need to, yeah. or we're not doing it because it's going to wait until another rainy day or you know, down the road. Yeah, so I understand. I mean, like like you say, right? Understanding the ROI or what the what the implications are on the business is then driven your driven the focus, if you like, and the prioritization around you know what you want to do. And I, you know, commend everything you and the team and, and MacArthur Glen have done. I know, I know you've worked incredibly hard to get. Uh, the safety around those centres, and you know, I, you know, I've been to a couple of them as well. Um, and, and my wife loves to shop there as well, which is <laughs> good, good for the brands, but not for my wallet. But um, um, you know, and, and you mentioned around prioritising those challenges, right? So you've got this huge pandemic going on as well. Um, what, what? Um, obviously, you know, hopefully the pandemic's going to come to a halt, and, and I think. For, for the audience, it'd be really key to understand, you've really mentioned around return on investment or, or understanding the business implications, driving uh, you know, new sales opportunities, things like that. Are they, are they key to your, your prioritization around uh, projects um, or, or are you still looking at more BAU aspects as well? And, and how does that play into really the partners, right? So I'd love to hear from you on, uh, certainly when I was at, uh, at John Lewis, looking at a supplier versus a, a partner, right? So supplier being you can go and buy from anybody, um, partner being long-term, obviously, strategically advanced to you. And, and just get your take really on, you know, what, what do you expect from a partner versus a, a supplier? Um, and how are you seeing that change in the market as well? So in terms of prioritization, uh, let's talk a little bit about that first, because I think that's, that's a key thing. Um, <clears throat> Yes, we had a significant and uh, comprehensive prioritization process before COVID arrived. Um, and that was very necessary because the, the natural demand across MacArthur Glen in terms of IT projects, our technology supported projects is significantly greater than, as many organizations I suspect, significantly greater than the budgets that are available uh, to meet that demand. Um, so, you know, naturally, you're going to go through a prioritization exercise. Given the context of what I described when I first arrived at MacArthur Glen and, and some of those elements being a lot less mature than I would have liked or uh, really were, were fit for purpose, um, a lot of that has been infrastructure and or you know, foundational uh, elements of technology. Uh, and that 
continues to a degree depending on which areas you're looking at uh, because it's a multi-year plan it's not something that you deliver in six 12 18 months um and you you know you, you pick up a in my, my analogy might be you pick up a rock expecting to find a problem underneath it but you don't find a problem underneath it. you find five more rocks and every single one of those has and you know five more problems underneath them and it, and that is sometimes what we've found yeah. um, but it's that's the joy of doing technology right it's about um, understanding what the business need is understanding what's occurred historically and how do you improve it um, without spending a shed load of money and, and by adding significant value or efficiency uh, that's really you know why do we, why do we do technology it's about enabling the business right 100%. um so I think I think what has probably occurred as a result of the pandemic uh, really is a polarization of what is must do, you know, what is really on fire or is an imperative because it leaves you at significant uh, commercial or business risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know whether that be things like what have we seen a resurgence in huge number of fishing uh, instances because of the pandemic and pandemic related yeah. you know we've seen a resurgence in uh, security related um, attacks and initiatives that are seeking to leverage individual details yeah. um, and that isn't going away anytime soon yeah. um, and you know that's one one aspect uh, if I might call out but you know to some traditional um, infrastructure, uh, renewal programs and or uh, what what's cloud computing look like given the context of uh, when COVID originally hit Microsoft almost running out of cloud computing space you know because everybody was going to the cloud yeah uh, and I know many people across Europe had instances where they wanted to put things live and plain couldn't because there just wasn't the bandwidth available no uh, so you know un- understanding some of those more operational aspects uh, was also a consideration but yeah prioritization is really around being quite pointy uh, about the ROI yeah and in some ways I've become the grumpy CIO that's the no machine never Um, (laughs) but you know there's there's a a challenge and 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 a a good relationship management uh, aspect to what does that look like with your key stakeholders and I, you know I've got many of them across the exec uh, within the business um, and it's a complex business uh, there are many different investors and stakeholders that we've got to think about when when we're considering those types of things what does that mean for our suppliers um, and some of the decisions that we make uh, I think you know going back to your point what's the difference between a partner and a supplier I, I am as many CIOs are uh, drowned in LinkedIn uh, approaches or emails or, or phone calls uh, from individuals who won't take no for an answer and think their product's the best thing since sliced bread. And I understand that. And having many years ago been in, in different realms of product and sales uh, types functions in the past, I get that ethos, but you know what? What makes a difference to me um, isn't so that a supplier comes to me with, you know, their latest widget or 
uh, cloud service or um, money saving idea and i'm sure in many instances they do but given the context of what i just described and the army of uh, people that i've got working for me uh, with all the projects and 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 all of the dependencies and risks that we're dealing with particularly then over overlaid with uh, we've got this pandemic thing to think about it's having the sheer will and time and focus to be able to do uh, that that innovative product element um, real justice. So yeah. having someone that comes to me without sounding like you know a typical and I mean atypical uh, consultancy, but understanding what our business challenges are, understanding uh, the the. Our paradigm around what MacArthur Glen is facing, who we are, how we operate, yeah. um, how how some of the complexities around our funding model, um, <clears throat> and then meeting innovatively uh, some of the challenges that we've got with ideas of their own, uh, yeah. without necessarily seeking a uh, you know a contract or an investment straight away, because that isn't necessarily how things work. But by adding value and insight is really key for me. And I, and I think you know, that, that honesty of a relationship where you can look people in the eye and go, yeah, we can do that or, or not. You know, and many of the traditional IT firms or consultancies are always thinking, well, well this is about return on investment. This is about um, us making money. And yeah, don't get me wrong. We're all here because of that. We're, yeah. we're all here to, to make a buck. Um, or euro, depending on where, where yeah. you are. Uh, but but the, uh, the the reality is that, particularly now more than ever, people are looking for things a that can give them an edge or give them some leverage. But b they want to do it for as close to free as possible. Yeah. Um, and I'm not expecting things for free. I don't think any any real uh, technology leader is. But being able to look people honestly in the eye and know you're getting the right deal, the right price, and you can prove uh, to your peers that you're doing the right thing from a financial perspective is key. Yeah. Um, and whilst there's always an element of, of you know, working a deal and, and horse trading, um, really when the chips are down and you've got a challenge and you've got to be able to listen to what you're, uh, customer is saying and respond to that and that's no different for us with our employees or business units uh, and ultimately our own customers um, as it is for people working in the technology field and trying to get their foot in the door when they're talking to me sure. my analogy if I may was was uh, you know a, a lady that rang me out of the blue to talk to me about some security scanning software and she was convinced that it was the best thing since sliced bread and that it was absolutely going to make a saving. Uh, despite the fact that I said, look, I, I'm interested naturally because it's a topic that um, interests me. Uh, but we've only just really um, embarked on what we're doing from a security, Siam-based suite of security uh, initiatives. Um, we know that it's... Uh, it's early days for us in, in addressing some of the key challenges that we've had in that space. And really, we're not ready to, to examine that because we've only just put uh, a security monitoring tool in place. Yeah. She must have rang me three times afterwards 
saying, are you sure? You know, because I'm still convinced it could save you money. Uh, uh, yes, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure. Uh, and at the end, I, I had to be quite um, blunt with her to say, look, third time we've had this conversation, the answer hasn't changed. Um, if, I've got, you know, if I've got any challenges, I'll come back to you. Uh, I, I don't need 20 of those calls today. No. And, and actually, you pick up on something, right? That uh, So obviously, you know, we work with a lot of partners and a lot of vendors out there. And 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 the whole thing, for, like, like you, I used to get these phone calls um, all the time. And <clears throat> especially after security incidents, you used to get people phone you up and say, I've got, you know, I've got a solution that could help you there. It's like, great, you know, <laughs> it's too late now. The horse has bolted. But, um, you know, selling selling based on product sale, um, for me, it, it, it's got to be a dead art, right? It, it's got to be all around, as you've already said, understanding your challenges, your business objectives, your 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 prioritization. It's absolutely fundamental to be able to partner with you and go forward rather than phoning you up and just selling you the latest widget that's, you know, you know what every sales guy is like, right? They've got the best solution ever. Um and uh, unfortunately, you know, it, 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 you, you've picked up on something around bad habits that salespeople have is there, it should be, you know, Phil, how can we help you? How can we help you succeed? And where is the uh, strategy for MacArthur Glen? Where, where do you want to go to? What are your challenges? Rather than, as you say, you know, I've got the latest piece of scanning software. And even if that lady had said about the security scanning software and you've clearly made it clear to them, that come back in a three, four, five months, whatever, that's when they should be coming back and saying to you, you know, are you ready to have a discussion around your security scanning and making, seeing if we can have a conversation then, um, opposed to continually hassling? Because I'm sure, like me, that would have gone on a blacklist. So um, I'm not saying she has, Phil, but, um, but you know, that would have gone on a blacklist for me to say, right, okay, I'm not interested in that. I'll go, go and have a look somewhere else. Your team get all of those kind of, approaches with the, the latest technologies or, or do you have much more uh with the relationships you've got with the partners now do you think they're a lot better in working with you around your business objectives and and understanding where i think, I think some of them so you know and there were perhaps a, a few different schools of thought and i'm not saying there's only one way of doing this um one example would be what i've just provided yeah. another might be Someone calls me out of the blue, um, you know, says, oh, I need to talk to you about architecture or, or some whiz-bang system that um, I want to talk to you about. Uh, and I said, well, really, you know, that's part of the, part of the responsibility for uh, Dan, my head of architecture, or, um, you know, John, my head of operations, or Warren, my head of information security. Uh, and then they contact them. Uh, saying, oh, I, I, I talked to Phil, um, he, he told me to come and talk to you, and he really wants to talk to you really urgently about this this particular thing that I was discussing with him. Yeah. Um, so the next thing I get is a call from them saying, we just did something on this three months ago. Why, why, why are we having this conversation with this guy? And I'm yeah. like, I, that's not what I said. No. Yeah. Yeah. So again, be honest uh with people and if you and, and i i know right salespeople are under tremendous pressure probably even more so now yeah right you're going to get a better result by saying what are your what are your top 10 challenges in this area yeah and then understanding how they may be able to help because they've got a context as opposed to 
trying to trying to almost be like the um i know the catalog salesman wedging his foot in the door uh as as we probably experienced yeah. 40 years ago when we were kids watching our mother kind of try and shoo them out the door um uh, and you know just that's that's still not productive today right i i guess i said it very early on think about what's in it for them yes because they ultimately are there to get a sale but more crucially start with what's in it for us what's in it for me yeah. because actually that's where their focus should be lying uh, yeah. which is how can i help solve his greatest or her his their, their greatest problem mm. right and i understand what those are because i've listened and i've really listened i've not just gone right tell me about your greatest problems and then gone right now we're taking a left turning and going over here to talk about the thing i'm trying to sell you which is the other thing that i've seen people may go do you know what that's fascinating and, and i'm really glad that you shared that with me i can tell you that what we're focusing on as a company may not really hit that note but if you're okay i'd, I'd like to um, maintain your contact details and have a linkedin with you so that if in the event in the future uh, you've got a, a, a need for this type of capability in this field you can think of me right? that's a very different and powerful um message than you know hassle 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 push 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 these things have not changed for 50, probably longer than that years uh, in terms of trying to sell a product to somebody, right? It's about building relationships. It's not about just trying to sell your solution, but actually understanding what's going to meet the customer needs. Um, it's about delivering what you promise. Yeah. And, and that sounds really straightforward and easy, but so many times that doesn't happen. No. Yeah. Uh, being honest, being open, being helpful, being committed and demonstrating value for money. Yeah. All right. Those are the key things that anyone in any real leadership position, let alone technology is looking for today. Yeah. Uh, and that, that brings me on uh, actually, uh, you know, one of the key things that um, we, we always get from, from the partners and even the vendors to a point is, well, it's all about cost. And, um, you know, me having obviously come from your level of position as well, and, and I wanted to get your feedback on this is, I always believe that it isn't just about cost, it's also about that value proposition, and you're much more going to work with a partner that, okay, cost is important, but that are actually, like you say, you're going to believe in to actually go and deliver and commit to you to, to make uh, the, the promises happen, um, you're much more to do that. Do you, do you agree with that? Absolutely um yeah obviously and and i'd imagine more so than any any other time in recent history whenever we go into some type of event uh call it recession call it contraction call it what you will businesses are looking for as low a cost as possible having said that if i've got two suppliers side by side and i can see the value that is being uh, presented or demonstrated and I, I don't want to get all touchy-feely but feel the value in as much that I've had it demonstrated to me and I can really understand the differential then it's not about cost or just cost it's actually about what does value for money really mean yeah and and for me you know that is 
when you're looking for that extra mile, when you're looking for something to be finished quicker, uh, when you're looking for flexibility in an agreement, um, that is when a supplier turns into a partner because yeah. they're there to help you. Yeah. And and that you know ultimately is what the difference is between a supplier and a partner. A supplier is all about cost. It's yeah. all about how much is the widget and how cheap can I get it. If the widget's the same, yeah. then that's that's the challenge. Yeah. Where the differential is, where you can see the added values that you're getting around that service that for me personally makes the difference between me saying, you know, is that a hundred grand or is that 50 grand depending on the value of the contract? Yeah, actually I can see that we'd get um, more for our money via that supplier. Yeah. What would you give the sales teams in all of these partners? What kind of advice as a CIO and also the vendors as well, right? Um, what would you, what advice would you give them? Uh, to be able to work more efficiently at your kind of level um, across the board? Uh, I, I think, you know, having said, having said it already, it, it's build a relationship, understand what a customer needs and, and don't just, you know, don't just um, turn up, really listen. Yeah, and understanding nuances behind what they're trying to tell you. Um, and a lot of the time they're like, yeah, I've heard it. Yeah, I can, he's, he's in that box there. Yeah. Um, it, it, we've worked with some suppliers that, that uh, have spent months, and I mean many months, ideating with us uh, around some of the digital in-centre propositions that we've got because it's complex, it's multi-layered, it, it involves infrastructure, uh, you know, physical um, kit, software, systems, um, you know, application, both centrally managed as well as brand managed, yeah. um, content management, you know, digital. It's the whole thing in one kind of uh, solution. Um, and that takes a lot of different streams in order to pull together but having a supplier that's willing to go that extra mile and go do you know what we've solved that we make it work with that we've got the right hardware in place and we can prove that it's going to be uh able to work most of our centers are outside so you know hey presto it's got to be waterproof believe it or not some of the things that we put in place many years ago before i got here i'd hasten to add weren't waterproof yeah and uh, supplier, uh, yeah we could say do that it worked fine I'm like how yeah, <laughs> as long as it doesn't uh, rain. <laughs> yeah, right. It's electricity. Yeah. Um, so thinking about uh, you know wayfinding as an example, totems in the centres uh, as, as an example. Um, you know our our centres operate from if you're around Vancouver, minus ten, minus fifteen in the winter, maybe more than that, degree centigrade, to if you're in Athens or uh southern italy perhaps plus 40 yeah. maybe plus 45 in the midday sun in the middle of the center outside well guess what some of those things you might think will need to have some significant ruggedization behind them yeah. and what does that mean for the screen what does that mean for yeah. uh all of the components uh, what is that how do you deliver that type of solution and having a supplier that can go you know we can work with you to engineer a solution that will fit that 
because it's not just a question of someone turning up with a digital screen, sticking it on a, on a computer and off you go. You've got to think about the realms of uh, operation and possibility and, and really coming up with some, not necessarily groundbreaking, but clever ideas about how you solve that and glue technology together to be uh, A, scalable, but B, supportable, right? Because there's nothing worse than some some little kid leaning against a you know a, a black TV screen in forty degrees and <clears throat> suddenly walking around with a blister on their hand. Yeah, um, it's it's thinking about the eventualities of what 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 what's the consequence of that, and that's just an example. Yeah. But you know, I, I guess I've said add that value. Really think about what a, the business that you're discussing uh, your products with needs. Yeah. And if you can't fill that need because it's not your niche or it, it's beyond you, go, look, this isn't our bag. I might know someone that can help. Yeah. Yeah. But this is actually the, the thing that we offer. I really value your time. Thank you for the insight. Yeah. I'd love to love to stay, you know, on your Rolodex list, as it were. Not that we have those anymore. Um, <laughs> and now I'm showing my age. But, uh, you know, thinking, thinking about that type <clears throat> of... Um, customer service angle and you know let's assume you win the business how do you keep it we've not really talked about that because it's not just about getting your foot in the door it's about demonstrating that value and showing those value adds and maintaining them because it's really easy to go right i've, I've got my foot in the door and the simple answer then is well how can we grow the account how can we how can we get that budget from 100 grand to 500 grand Right, and it's not just about oh, we're going to change control, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Yeah, you could play that game, but it's a very short sighted tactical yeah. position. Because, guess what? Anyone in my position knows how they play that game because they've played it or they've had to negotiate their way through it, and yeah. that doesn't help anybody. No, I'm looking for people that I can trust, I can shake by the hand, I can look in the eye, and I know that I'm getting what I need. That's not to say I'm not willing to pay for it. No. But if you start taking the mickey, you'll be looking at a different supplier. It's that straightforward. <clears throat> yeah. and, and that that creates challenges for me uh, or challenges for people in my role um, because it means more change and in some ways needless cost when things could have main, been maintained. Um, and that sounds all, you know, people might go, oh, that sounds really old fashioned. Yeah. It sounds like you're in the 50s in a paradigm that isn't commercially savvy anymore and you need to be far more pointed than that. Well, that may be the case. I'll, I'll maintain my view and other people can maintain theirs. But I know what, how I operate and how I work. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's very key to me that the people that I trust, and, and whether this be in professional life dealing with suppliers or whether it be colleagues or people that I hire, you know, there's there's that professional trust that you develop with the relationship through uh, you know supply management, etc. But then there's that you know that's that different trust, that different level of trust where you know you've got each other's backs. And having a supplier that you have that with or in yeah. is worth all the money in the world for for many of us. And I think you hit a nail on the head, right, is that um, so a lot of organisations, they wheel in their A-team to go and win the business, Phil. 
Um, and once they've won it, then you shift on to the, you know, the, the C, D or E teams that actually then do the running. And, um, you know, I, I think you'll agree um, that having the ability to be able to know that that partner is bringing that A game every single day that they come, uh, that you've got that trust, they understand your business, most importantly. Um, and, and, that, and that's to me, you know, it's not just about winning it. It's also about, Yes, they do focus on growing the account and and how much more, uh, revenues they can get from you. But at the same time, it's making sure that you're getting what you need from them, and that's supporting your role uh, back back to the business. So um, no, I mean that's been that's been really insightful, Phil. So um, I, I want to thank you very much for for uh, coming on Glue Talk and um, and uh, giving us real insight into you know how the partners are. Uh, uh, working with you um, and also your challenges, right, as a CIO in MacArthur Glen. So, um, yeah, uh, I'm, uh, I wish you all the best in the future as well with MacArthur Glen and hoping it's going to come back when COVID, um, when COVID goes away, hopefully. And oh, well, I, well, we know because we've already seen it when things yeah. reopen. Um, there's a lot of pent up demand out there. Uh, the, you know, and, and that's, that's great, you know, in some ways, the outlet business has has proved incredibly resilient and has historically done so in um, in recession type environments. But yeah, who knows? I mean, we're, I think we're all hoping that the wonders of the, uh, the, the the drug companies have now put an end to this yeah. nightmare. <laughs> Hopefully so. Hopefully so. Well, thank you very much, Phil, and um, uh, really appreciate your time. So thank you. Thank you.